this is Richard Wilson speaking. Um, there's some people who know me as Victor Meldrew, but as far as I'm concerned, Victor Meldrew's dead. And thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast. Hello, welcome back to part two of the David Renwick interview special. Last week, we ended up with me initiating the topic of Mrs. Warboys and Mr. Sweeney, so we pick up exactly where I left off. Thank you very much for your patience over the last week or so, and thanks to everyone who sent their kind feedback. I look forward to you all listening to this second part of the David Renwick interview. Cheers and enjoy. Reel through some of Mr. Sweeney's highlights for me, um, playing archery through it through the, his house and descent into the maelstrom and when he says mother will you keep your head down up kind of quote filling up victor's water barrel in tales of terror the dicks mm. and the dot green appreciation society and offering victor and, and mrs Warboys a glass of whiskey and saying no you're supposed to say no not while i'm on duty yeah. officer and just you know <laughs> Taking it that yes, that is. I I know that is that's that's one of my favourites. But then you've got to have known, you know, about Dixon of Doc Green. I mean, you know, that's um, that's going back a ways now. I mean, that's going back into my time. I mean, you presumably researched it to know. You've got to know on that hangman board, that, you know, that Constable. You've got to know about Constable Lauderdale in order to, in order to get that joke. But, I mean, some uh, of it. So I, I'll admit some of the references, you know, when I'm rewatching them, I'm not so familiar with, but it's funny enough. It, it, I don't need to know. But we, we, I first heard of, Di- of Dixon of Doc Green being referenced in something else that isn't Dixon of Doc Green in the office because David Brent sarcastically says to one of his employees, Who am I then? Dixon of Doc Green, morning all. Yeah. And mm. that's where I sort of first heard it. So, well, it, it's very often funny not to, not to get, uh, not to understand references, but you, you know, you kind of get the sense of it. I found that a lot with Woody Allen over the years you know and um, Mm. reading a lot of his um, prose pieces New Yorker prose pieces and references I mean it's stuffed with references I don't understand but uh, I mean there was one about um, uh, well there was this line that he did in his act about um, woman that took out orgasmic insurance um, if her husband fails to satisfy her mutual of Omaha have to pay her $300 (laughs) and it was just when I first went to America and actually saw a big hoarding for Mutual of Omaha, I was almost disappointed to know there was actually a, you know, an insurance mm. company called Mutual of Omaha because um, it just seemed funnier to think that he had made it up. Mm. Um, and there was another reference to uh, some, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the authenticity of which was um, called into question as the word Oldsmobile appears several times. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought Oldsmobile that's got and then I thought actually there is a car manufacturer called Oldsmobile and it just sounds like yeah. that. some so sometimes the you know the, the the fact that you know you don't understand the references makes them funnier still some of my lovely guests will educate me on them but I'm still laughing it doesn't I don't need to know you know if, if there's a, a Tory MP from the, the 60s mentioned I'm not quite oh, familiar God, with yeah. it's fine it's still funny because the lines are delivered exceptionally well by all the cast and well we never get away with those lines I mean there's the the the, the idea that um 
you know, you could make a reference to, I think it's Nicholas Ridley in an overturned dust cart as spot the difference competition in the first episode. And then I think in the next episode, there's a reference to, was it Norman, talking about his nice dreams he'd had about Norman Fowler being, was it Norman Fowler being burnt alive in an in something like that yeah and i you know you just think we didn't just just it would just be excised by the bbc now there's no way that you'd be that i mean it was so blatantly political um i remember there was one reviewer who did give me some stick for that saying that it was all you know letting my political opinions intrude into the work was uh, just not on it was a review in the daily telegraph you will be won't be surprised oh, not, not the express list okay not that, not but that uh, not not the Express, <laughs> but um, the Express actually very often gave us good reviews. But um, but so um, yes, anyway, well, uh, people wouldn't understand those references now. You know, it's like the bloody mastermind sketch. You know, with um, Jeffrey Howe and Len Murray. I mean, who, who remembers Len Murray now? <laughs> but people still. They still listen to the sketch, you know. Mastermind to Ronnie's. Yes. Yeah, I'm just wonderful. That's that's. But those references, you, you just you know you laugh as you say because of the rhythm and the, the you know, yeah. Scheme, the references make sense. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely one of my favourite two Ronnie's. I'm a more two Ronnie's than Morgan Wise fan. Mm. You don't have to. You don't have to choose. I know, but for me, no, two no. Ronnie's funny. Mr. Sweeney. So Mr. Sweeney, he put on a lot of weight, not the actor we know, but obviously the what I found interesting in, in Endgame was a very subtle reference that, oh, I think he announced his mother had died. Yeah. He didn't say, why is he suddenly massive? And then, of course, Victor mentions it. It's, it's funny what, again, this is not verbatim, but what mourning the loss of someone does to you, you know, how much weight he's put on mm. next door. And it's like, it's very subtle. Then, of course, he, he's, he's lost it again. But it's just that, that relationship with he and his mother, like speaking about it earlier, not seeing her, not even hearing her. I think the only time we, the closest we get to hear from her is, I think it is the clack, clack, bing, bing emotion yes. when they communicate, which I just thought was marvellous, especially one of the, the noises, which is a massive smack. I don't know what spot she's hitting, <laughs> like a ruler against a, a cupboard door. I think, I think what makes that scene as well is Victor looking around, absolutely perplexed at what's going on. Because the way Victor and I guess Margaret as well, the way they look at Mr. Sweeney and how they are around him is much the same as how Patrick and Pippa are with Victor. Yes, so they kind of yes. share, the, I don't, again, I don't know if that's done on purpose, but whenever Patrick is in their company, it is frustrating as a viewer seeing Victor not being able to properly explain himself. But that's all part of the magic, I know, but you really do side mm. with poor Victor. You think, oh, if only he knew, if only Patrick realised that there isn't a dead body being dug up. It's just the policeman's bone that he's digging up. I mean, Patrick got ever ever so paranoid, didn't he, as the series um, yeah. progressed? Well, there are sort of two layers of comedy to that, aren't there? There's the misapprehension that we know the the genuine explanation for what you know mm. um, for what Patrick has observed, but then there's also the fact that Patrick interprets all this as completely deliberate, and that it's you know as opposed to someone thinking what on earth's going on next door he assumes he does know what's going on. he assumes yeah. very very sinister and calculated and that victor's up to something and um so he places all the most sort of malign interpretations onto everything that he you know that is going on next door whereas pippa doesn't i mean she just thinks it's all a bit mad and we just have to make allowances um but but patrick's much more cynical than that but um yeah those i mean things like that you see they go but i mean sort of going again probably well will be way before your time but it sort of speaks of the you know my comedy influences growing up not as much of an influence but the things that i watched um there was a show called bewitched 
um, which was, you know, a suburban witch. You know, they made it into a film later with Nicole Kidman, but the, the original TV series, there was always this um, couple across the road and the neighbours with a woman peering through her curtains, at, you know, strange things that were going on. <laughs> you know in the um in the the home of this um whatever her name is I've forgotten her name now um and you know interpreting them in very much the same way that um that patrick does and i think it was it was, the, there was a, again it was it was reversed in that one that the yeah. husband would come away from that window you know you're, you're just imagining yeah. all this that was a one of the central dynamics that was always very funny in that show so i mean nothing's completely new you know you you draw upon all these little yeah, I, I feel like Patrick is a very ungrateful character. Bear in mind, he was about to be killed by Phil Daniels' character in Wisdom of the Witch. And in the preceding episodes, Patrick is back to his old self, sort of hating on, not hating on Victor, but very critical of um, what he sees and hears and wants to be as far away from him as possible. But he has just saved, he has, his life has been saved, you know, in quite heroic mm. fashion. Yeah, and that's why we side yes. with Victor even more, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Warboy's... Oh, before actually, before going to Mrs. Warboy, it's one of the most poignant moments of Mr. Swaney. I think Dawn of Man, he's, he's chatting with Margaret in the car about where his life's going and, you know, who's going to push him about when he's an, an old man, like he's been pushing old ladies about. Just that moment is very sad and draws you in, quickly mm. taken out of that reality again with comedy where Victor's been... <laughs> beaten up by a prospective house buyer just like yeah i just like i haven't got any words for it other than it's just what makes the show so special series six just was so strong final yeah. series comedies often dwindle a bit traditionally but and i think series six gets more appreciation as the years go by just because it's the final well, series i thought make. that yes i mean because i, I the, the predictable you know um remarks about it was, it was one series too many and everything. I mean when I watched it again re-watched it relatively recently in the last year or two I you know, thought actually there's a lot of it there's very some very good stuff in there I think I I mean that Dawn of Man episode was again that was another one you asked me what my favourites earlier on and I think I put that one up there because I mm. thought there was so much <laughs> from my point of view very good stuff there in in, uh, in terms of the um the you know the, the comedy and the plotting yeah. but you know, also in the in the production and i mean we started that dawn of man um i, I guess people will realize a reference to um 2001 again which was the, they, uh, yeah, the first... even i can re recognize that for once yeah. yeah yeah the first place and we and we we opened with uh, you know what we hoped was a little homage to those kinds of all those um shots those atmospheric mm. shots that, that that film opens with in uh, stone age whatever it is um with the apes yeah. um and they were beautifully um you know lit and photographed by jeff harris and our uh, dop and you know, got up at sort of four o'clock in the morning to get out there for the you know sunrise and everything and um so we you know and then eventually you find victor with his fishing rod and we get into the story um and then so there was all of that at the um and then at the end of course we returned to the end of the ape sequence with him smashing up the polystyrene which yeah. um again i was just uh, amazed how well um richard did that because um i don't think he was particularly in sim i don't think he particularly likes that film <laughs> but he did it so wonderfully well in terms of matching the you know the eight movements with the sort of bone-shaped bit of polystyrene Con consummate professional any yeah know. yes and then of course then we played the um you know the music over it and went to credits and we had we couldn't do that actually out in the 
back garden. Um, I don't for some Not reason what it did elsewhere. Tresillian Way, um, that we had to build a little set. Um, I think it, it may have been partly because we wanted that low angle, but uh, I think uh, actually what I think it was, I think it was just so windy. Um, yeah. And I, you wanted all those bits of polystyrene flying up in the air in slow motion. And we had to get the complete control over it. We had to build a little garden set in the studio, but that was okay. I absolutely. But it worked. It did work very, yeah. very well, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, I mean, the execution of the song, I just absolutely adored the scene where they've got a 50-inch old-style television with a huge back end. And That's right. The one, Victor's quite patient in that because he, 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 answered the, he answered the telephone thinking, there's so, obviously, you make a cameo appearance in that, of course, with... Um, yeah, with Lorraine Kelly. Lorraine Kelly. Highlights uh, of my professional life. Talking about intestines and bowels and stuff. He he goes up to the room and Ma and Margaret sort of says, "You got to get out of the way." Mrs. Ellsbury's mother's trying to watch across the road, and just that yes. again, the, you can picture what that would look like. It's the ridiculousness, easy for me to say, of someone across the road watching someone else's television. It's that loud. Yeah. I just yeah. love that, and it's out of character for for Victor to be quite patient with that. You'd think he'd say, "Well, they can mind their own bloody business. Like, this is my television. This is my room." But he actually cooperates in that moment well there was a there was a sort of precursor to that joke in the bedroom episode where um where he was straightening a picture and that got a phone call from somebody across the road who also couldn't get to sleep he said <laughs> <laughs> told him it wasn't straight yet <laughs> and I, I it is one of my um it's just sort of one of the, the things that amuses me the idea of these sort of busybody neighbors peering at each you know to people's yeah. gardens with telescopes and binoculars and things i don't know what it's based on particularly but it's um it does recur you know a number yes. of times yeah the old mr and mrs ellsbury of course we do see them don't we and um yes we Monday do. Morning, yeah, we'll be fine that opening scene where victor needs to rec report a crime mr ellsbury is not interested in the slightest but just casually mentioning all the favors they they made for the, the burglars thinking they're just workmen and i just adore it just i can't it's hard to come up, it's hard to articulate what I need to say, but poor old Victor just getting wound up by the minute and eventually jokingly reporting two extremely brutal murders. I think, again, you can't even joke about that. Well, you probably couldn't then, but if you no. say that now <laughs> down the phone to 999, no. I think you'd be arrested. But he's very, he was very calm about being arrested, wasn't he, in that episode? He's quite excite, excited to be taken in yeah. by a couple of uh, detectives, one of which looks just reminded me of a mix of Peter Beardsley and Griff Reese Jones. I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. do you know I think, what I mean I there? Was it? Yes, name? I do. I think we always thought he looked like a young Griff. Yeah. Um, was it? Um, my nickname, by the way. One of them was what? Griff. Well, my surname's oh, Griff, Griff, yeah, Griff, yeah. Griffith, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I just yeah, get yeah, Griffith. Yeah. Hickish was what I think was it Nicholas Hickish or something and Ball. I think it's Hickish and Ball. Mm. I think they were a kind of bit of a double act or something, I think, at the time. And, uh, there's so they, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 something that I, I've um recognized as I review One Foot in the Grave, there seems to be a One Foot in the Grave curse for some actors who sadly pass away at a youngish age or they haven't appeared in much else thereafter. I mean, one example is um, that she, there was a, an actress who appeared in Beast in the Cage as well as One Foot in the Grave. Oh, yes, yeah, she away quite young that's. And it no. seems to be the case for a few of the actors. Um, maybe they just haven't appeared in anything again. And um, they've obviously ended their careers on a high because they've been one from the grave. I just, <laughs> it was just coincidental. Um, mm. I, 
I don't know of any. Well, I can't immediately. I know that was a tragedy, mm. um, Louise. Obviously, we, you know, were very thought highly of her. That's why, which is why we brought her back into the uh, Algarve yeah. episode. Um, but I can't offhand think of. Um, well, I mean, I've. I mean, if I don't expect you to ever, but if you ever listen to one from the podcast, other episodes, almost every other episode, a, a listener and I were going, "Oh, that's another." person who died and they're only 60 you know, oh like, god i think oh, it was 16, um you say 60 a warm champagne the the chap ben who margaret took a fancy to he, that actor passed away not not too far yes up. yes yeah tristram jelinek but he had appeared in we'd worked with him before in the whoops apocalypse film okay. he had a scene with um with ian richardson I know that he, uh, yes, I know we lost him. I mean, you know, it's 20 years ago now. Um, yeah. It's since the last one. It's, uh, I wonder if any of them were still alive. Um, but Jimmy Jewell, of course, was oh, um, yes. getting on a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, it's going, it's going to happen when, you know, in one from the grade, there are some quote unquote elderly actors. Well, we were, I mean, I, one of the things I liked was that, you know, that we, we drew upon that sort of tradition of the, comic act character comedy character actors who were around in certainly in my more formative years uh you know in in more much more trad sitcoms i mean stephen lewis and michael robbins who were both in on the buses yeah, i mean these are yeah. all sadly deceased now mm. diana coopland who was in um bless this house with sid james Jimmy Jules, we said, but those one, Brian Murphy, who is still with us. But oh, yeah. I mean, people like who were, you know, were very funny for a reason, or rather, or rather, were were you know very very fully employed for a reason in comedy because yeah. they were very funny. Yeah. And Barbara Windsor, that was the other one. Yes, yes. Um, so, but you know, because when we um, had Barbara Windsor, she was just starting uh, EastEnders, so she really hadn't, you know, I mean, wasn't the obvious choice of person to go for. Um, yeah, it's with with Margaret, she is quite the jealous wife but she isn't really she doesn't seem threatened by Millicent until she gets that antagonizing phone call to say Victor's been sleeping with me but we do notice that although Margaret seemingly gets fed up with Victor at times and um, there's not a lot of mad passionate love between them in a romance sense when there's a woman on the scene she does let off a little bit of it's a jealousy vibe. Sometimes it's done in good humour, but with Millicent, it wasn't really. She didn't really take it seriously because she thought she'd ne she'd never someone like Millicent would never go for Victor. Of course, she very much did. I thought just yeah. an observation, really. Like she is, and she's a frustrated woman because I don't think something that's common between Victor and Patrick is. I don't get the impression they're great lovers. Of the very loyal husbands, but I don't get the impression there's not a lot going on because, of course, Pippa goes all the way, doesn't she? With with a chap she meets at a dodgy Chinese, at a Shanghai <laughs> Express. Um, yeah, <laughs> a close encounter for. Well, Mark she would have gone all the way with. She would have gone all the way with Patrick if that two way mirror hadn't been uh, <laughs> yeah. in the hotel room. Of course, that was that was steaming oh, yes. up nicely at that, that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there were there were there were moments. But and obviously Kazanzi, Kazanzi in the pendulum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Daniel Daniel Peacock. Peacock. yeah. Oh God! I know we've had some great people in in the show. I mean, that is worth saying. Yeah. We've, you know, really, really brought the comedy alive and getting that casting right. Um, you know, not always, but um, God knows we've got it right more often than not. And you know, yeah. blessed with a lot of really, really great, funny people who you know. 
Yeah, I we uh, you know, deserve a lot of the credit. Absolutely, I think I mean Mrs. Warboys is just you know we've spoken about Mr. Swaney, but really up against it with poor uh, with poor old Victor and poor old Mrs. Warboys really. But the, the, there's been just spoken about before how they address one another by um, you know boy they don't address each other by Christian name. There's that element of respect, but they're sort of standoffish with, with one another. But they obviously weren't knew each other for long enough to have called each other by their Christian name. But it, it worked brilliantly as a as a. Well, that just all comes from my, you know, my sort of background, really. My um, my family, um, mm. actually, Ellie, my wife, said that it was very similar. Where you know, in her, yeah, um, her mum and dad, but they would always call the neighbours by their, you know, Mister Somebody, Mrs. Yeah. Somebody, and yeah. um, you know, uh, unless you knew them really well as Margaret and. Um, and uh, Mrs. Warboys did. Yes. Um, but she would always call um, Mr. Melder, Mr. Melder, except when she was talking to Margaret about him, and she would say, obviously. Mm. Um, but those are, it's all drawn from that sort of, that world, um, you know, and it's, there's a consistency about that in my mind, which, um, you know, doesn't, what, doesn't really need explaining. One of my uh, listeners, Sarah, speculated, it's fun to speculate, that she thinks that there was a bit of sexual tension between Victor and Jean. Just very. <laughs> do, you, do you disagree instantly, or do you think actually, on reflection, there could be? I know in, on in reflection, I think that's probably not true. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I see. Very, that's a very hard one to to imagine. I mean, it was hard enough trying to imagine Afonso, but uh, oh yeah. Anyway, that was. But you know, that's a. It's very moving when she walks off saying, I knew then I'd never see him again. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's, it's another. I thought you were referring to um, as a, as an actress when that's the last time she was appeared as Mrs. Walker. Yes, it was. Just, yes, it's quite yes, sad yes. that these char- characters didn't get to say goodbye to Victor. But of course, Victor's death is just out of the blue and random. So it can't be yeah. helped, can it? In your opinion, the darkest moment of the show, what would you say? I got a couple of examples to, to jog your memory. Yeah. I mean... The murder of um, Albert, Jimmy Jules. Yeah, well, I, su- I suppose probably kicking that the guy on the, you know, um, Mr. Gorshin on the floor in the in the in the old people's home. That's probably. Oh quite, yeah, yeah. That um, is- I mean, it wasn't, you know, and it was because you saw that you didn't see um, Jimmy Jules. Um, no, that's uh, true. Murder, um, and because that was actually happening, it was a very difficult scene to shoot that as well. And yeah. um, you know, Arabella Weir was the person meeting it out, and I cut a few bits mm. out of it later on but um but ed welch who again i you know is a, 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 we touched on earlier an unsung hero has done wonderful wonderful work and with the music but i mean that was quite a um you know uh, yeah yeah quite a grueling sort of scene um, i'd, I'd, I'd so, agree yeah i think that i'm um, i think um an eerie moment for me margaret's mother's voicemail pit in the pendulum just coming full circle mm-hmm. very eerie very sad, um, just cleverly worded, and it's like she's literally talked to them from beyond the grave. And um, yeah, voiced by the voiced by the uh, someone who appeared in the Hearts of Darkness episode as it happened. The um, she was one of the um, one of the residents in the old people's home. I think she's. I think oh. she might be the one who holds up the syringe. Sorry, that wasn't um, Annette then putting on a voice. Um, what? No, 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 no. Oh. Was, it was another Scottish. Another yeah. Scottish actress, the elderly Scottish actress. Okay, interesting. Got big up to Annette's ability to growl and scream because any moment Annette's doing that in character has been stitches. 
That's just, yes. um, yeah, I love that. Any comments on the number of animals that get referenced and get killed? Well, you <laughs> see, that's, that's something I probably have, you know, I'm sure I wouldn't write half of that now. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it may be, it's just age with mellowing and um, the influences since I've met my wife. And I mean, we're, you know, I mean, anything to do with animals now just kind of yeah. um, chews us up. So, I mean, we we don't eat them. We don't, you know. <laughs> Um, and the um, I so I looking back, I suppose this almost is actually kind of a bit of an answer to your earlier question about things I might regret. But um, in the early stages of the, you know, the cat in the freeze, because we've got cats, we're huge cat lovers, you know. And so I mean, that <laughs> that is almost impossible to uh, to look at that scene now with the, you know, with the, the frozen cat coming out of the freezer and all banging it about on the table like Monty Python's parrot. Um, and also, of course, the tortoise and, yeah. you know, the two tortoises. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it incredibly. works comedically. Yeah. It's wonderful as a quick comedy routine, but you think, oh, there's poor tortoise. So those things I have a much, much greater sensitivity to now. Um, yes. So I, I would, you know, I'd find that um, they're probably just in a way they're kind of easy, easy jokes to to sort of come up with in that anything's easy but um you know i don't i mean you know the earlier joke about the the tortoise with a white line on his back going across the road was you know that was a that was wonderful i mean you know, i enjoyed, enjoyed that but um but any form of harm that's coming to the animals is uh, does worry me now <laughs> you know, yeah. in my in my my dotage i think that's like the only time a live animal had any kind of contact through way of prop because the cat it's just a prop people still decide to complain nippy the dog is a taxidermy if yeah it is so it's strange how people can get offended in that regard because it's not, it's not real but yeah it's no just no not, we're not we're not harming any animals no, of course, that's no. sure no 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 <laughs> God, that would be even worse but even you know depicting it happening in the story can you know depending upon your sort of tolerance levels but you know this is the this is the sort of sad level of my life now that um, you know those are because um you know get setting aside politics and all the other really, yeah um earth shattering things that irritate you but um well I, anyway I, no le legit a legit moan is the crap sitcoms that we've we've had some amazing you know the office peep show in my opinion um in the last 15 20 years but there really is an in-between as it's got hugely credited for being a successful comedy but i did hear that you don't really watch much in the way of sitcom but is there a sitcom you can say actually i didn't mind that in, in terms of when one from the grave was out onwards you know, did you watch 2.4 Children, uh, Thin Blue Line, Royal Family, that kind of well, thing? Well, 2.4 Children obviously was a <clears throat> kind of almost a stable mate because that was Andrew's show yeah. and that was going on. At, well, it went on at the same, yeah. out, outlived One Foot in yeah. the Grave, I think. Yeah. Um, and a huge, great loss when um, Gary Olsen died, yeah. who, who was, who was a very, it was a brilliant performer. Um, and what was the other one you mentioned? I've forgotten what you said. Uh, I said Thin Blue Line. Just oh, Thin Blue Line. Yeah, well, I did watch that. Yes, I kind of watched that. Was sort of, I mean, it was yeah. Dad's Army, really, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I think Ben Alton uh, made no secret about that. Um, I, I haven't, no. I mean, yes, I love The Office, of course. I mean, uh, but I think, um, uh, well, you know, we're sort of going back over 20 years. I, don't, I just, I don't tend to seek them out. I mean, I've liked a few things like, toast of london i think matt berry yeah that's funny. great yeah. Like, i love that kind of quirky stuff that really appealed to me the, te the, the, the um, texturists with uh, mackenzie crook is 
wonderful if you haven't watched that. The, the, now that's the something I to this day have never you know, we worked with Mackenzie Cook on Love Soup and yeah and wonderful he was, but I and I, I know it's a good show. I'm still not you know traced it, but I just um, um I wanna just give a chance to give a, a couple of shout outs to JD Collins, who runs the Two Point Four Children podcast, Don't Slam Me mm-hmm. podcast, and my brother James and the Tony Hancock Appreciation Society run Nearly an Armful podcast. Um, <laughs> and there's a goon, there's a goon pod by uh, yeah. Tyler, who's been on the on the show, and uh, there's a Peter K Car Share podcast by John. So just giving these these uh, boys and girls a little shout out because they're um. There's yeah, some, there's some really good stuff out there. I said girls. I didn't actually name any girls, but I know there's there's girls who do podcasts. Oh, that's good. I wonder if Andrew knows about the um, two point four one. He very much does because he. Um, oh, good. He sends snippets to JD. Oh well. And he... <laughs> well, Andrew is is of course into social media, and he's you know not much gets past him. Um, so he'll be way ahead of me on on most of these things. But he's always had a, a sort of a practice of um, responding to things on online, and uh, yeah. not always not always to his benefit. <laughs> Remember, he, way back, I think someone had written some nasty review about something he did, and then he decided to respond to it. And of course, oh. then it, all it does is just you know they respond in kind even more, and um, they quite feel quite flattered that. Yeah, you know, someone like Andrew would actually bother to, um, you know, get back to them, and it's the best thing to do is just leave leave well alone. I think in those cases. But by the way, just I was meaning to ask you, did you see Annette's performance in Afterlife? Ricky Gervais. No, no, I know, I know of the it. The profanity but... that lady can, mm. the the language she, her character, so very mm. unmarket like, but that just made me think. Victor and Margaret in a care home would work if Victor was alive, and of course, you did the comment relief. 2001 sketch where Victor's goes and that was homage to um, Sixth Sense I would imagine mm. and that would work I just want to say that would work if you ever thought let's just do a one-off where Victor's a ghost it will get one for the podcast and the listener's blessing if you ever thought should mm. I just do <laughs> I know you won't but just saying I feel I would be watching that if Victor's a ghost and lingering around Margaret I can yeah, only well, I had to have my I had to have my arm twisted to do that one by Richard Curtis at the, at the time. Said, oh, He's dead, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, can't you do something? And very um, clever. I mean, very... sort of interesting, interesting gobbits to that was that yeah. Um, yeah. not that long before that, I think it may have been within the year before that, Spike Milligan had rung up and asked if I'd got any any work for him, any parts he could play. And when I came to do that, because we worked with Spike Milligan in the 80s, um, uh, I thought, well, he could, you know, this man who's lying there in the bed, Uncle Dick, he only, and he's only got one line, that's <laughs> to say, um, the rest of the time, they're not even sure he's still alive. By that time, too yeah. ill, even to lie in bed and say one line, yeah. sadly, which oh. was a great, uh, great shame. Yeah. But so, so they got Eric Sykes to do it instead. But yes, that sixth sense... Uh, it was a, a payoff that reminds me of a I will just toss in this anecdote which was harks back to my story early on about the Daily Express blowing the Hannah Gordon moment um, which was something I related to the journalist Brian Viner uh, when he was doing an article about the show I think probably in a was it might have been a day or two later to coincide with the final episode and I said to him um, can you believe that you know the journalist just blowing a, a you know a key revelation like that in advance of the show you know it's like telling everybody that 
um, in Sixth Sense, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Mm. And um, Brian Viner later wrote this up. <laughs> as he was sitting there talking to me in this um, pub, in his um, bag, he had got a copy of The Sixth Sense, which he was planning to watch that night with his wife. Oh, no. <laughs> so, it's slightly, be... slightly blown by my remark. But so he dines out on that story. But anyway, that's, a bit, the that's, a, that's a bit of irony. Just on, yeah. on a because social media is full of that. that so if you've ever watched The Walking Dead, but there's a character killed off in that um, many years ago. And my mother-in-law sent a message to whoever. She responded to someone spoiling it. She said, great, now I know who's been killed. And of course, I saw her message and inadvertently saw who's been killed off. So I'd learned just to switch off social media yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Are you ready for a quick quiz? Yes, very quick. Okay, okay. So this is... Um, well, whether or my answers will be quick is another matter, but you can you can edit them down. Yeah, I can edit, edit them down. down. First question, and you've actually answered this one. Can you quote the very first line spoken of in Series 1, Episode 1, Alive and Buried? Yes, well, I think it was something like it was um, it was the uh, the woman who was there with Susie Blake, wasn't it? Twenty six years behind the reception desk. What that must that do to a man's brain? Correct. Oh no, I think it was Susie Blake that said it, wasn't it? Because she said, "I shouldn't think it does it a lot of good." To be honest, that's right. That's the and she. That's as I remember it, anyway. Well, one appeared in Coronation Street, and the other appeared in Men Even Badly as Anthea in the. Um, uh, yes, that was Valerie Minifee. And she yeah, appeared in. Along with the woman who, who was married to the, the garden gnome, gnome whose yes. baby was stolen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Laura that. Laura Cox, I think her name was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nikki, who came on to review that episode. Uh, enlightened, well, enlightened of, course, of course, Damaris Heyman, who was the uh, woman that showed them into the room, who yeah, was a great friend of Tony Hancock's, was also the woman whose husband's shoes she was selling. You, you, you're partly answering another question but right okay sorry um, i'm getting ahead of the that's game. fine david that's, that's absolutely fine my dog is whimpering nippy Shh. he's not called nippy he's mm. called fly no, no what is the name of the charity that nick swaney volunteers at uh with the outbound for the elderly was that was that was the first one action for the elderly action fit for, for the elderly is what i've got but i would have taken your first yeah. answer that's two out of two <laughs> lovely question three this might involve a conversational type answer name and i came up with six name the six actors and actresses who appeared in more than one episode as different characters oh yeah well that was damaris Heyman. Well, i've named three mm. of them damaris Heyman, laura cox and um valerie minifee um jonathan kidd certainly did um who played chippy joe and the man who yeah uh, who was uh, had the market store um and is that four i'll be honest with you you Would just you, named you a couple say... that i didn't think i didn't think oh of. right all right <laughs> <laughs> sorry as you were uh, sorry or do i have to oh, pre- oh well chris ryan of course yeah was, who played played three parts indeed two yeah the, twins and the, the plumber the kendrick brothers and the plumber yeah Valley yeah Affair. now i'm struggling i mean obviously if i gave away and went away with a well, you've done really well. You, you've, you mentioned a couple I didn't think of, and that's that's on me. But I I came up with Nick Maloney, Laverick, the Lotsmith. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And N. Rytel, who was apparently he was obviously Starkey, and who's listening? But apparently he was the Tramp in Dreamland. But you can't make up. That's right. 
That's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, MHL, yes. And he gets credited for being Jack the burglar on the phone, but it's actually John Chalice, isn't it? But he yes, gets credited. Yes. So no, I don't know why that was. NYTEL, well, I think NYTEL did the original voice. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I don't think we bought it in the end. And I think we got John Chalice in to do it instead. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is a, an example of you know, something where the timing is slightly off there. If you watch that back. Richard's reactions are slightly delayed because you know it was a it was post sunk, and uh, the you know the voice on the other end of the phone isn't you know gives him a bit too much room, so that was a but but Enritel was I mean he was very good in uh, as, uh, as the you know the Mr Starkey and the, but also that um, Tramp uh, cameo was was also a, you know a bit of a tour de force I think because he when we shot that on location um, we did all sorts of coverage close up of the you know the sandwich in the rubbish bin and the shoes coming out anyway oh. we decided in the end that for all the coverage it didn't really well we oh. just played it in the wide shot and it was wonderful anyway next question next question um, and also come up with Owen Brenham Nick Sweeney and Skip Hoberman and Cecily Hobbs, man in the long black coat as a receptionist and eye yes, right. uh, Okay, yeah. What was the name of the bottle of rare wine that the trenches purchased for Pippa's father's 60th? What was the name of it? Oh, gosh. No, that I don't think I would ever be able to remember that. I don't think even if I struggled to think of it. Do you want it. me to give the answer? Yeah. Chateau, yeah. I can pronounce it, try and pronounce it. Chateau Cerveny, Merceau 74. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Correct. Yay. Question five. Uh, can you quote the very last ever spoken line in series six, episode six, things aren't simple anymore? The very last spoken line. Well, it was, um, it must have been Hannah Gordon, presumably. That's um, 50% of the but, correct answer. Yes, but um, I'm so, probably I'm so sorry. Correct. Bang yeah. on. Those four words. Yeah. I am so sorry. Yeah. Uh, question six, how many, again, this isn't going to help your battery life on your phone. How many accidents did Peter Cook's character, Martin Trout, suffer from? Uh, Can you name no. them? <laughs> no, I remember the, the getting hit in the face with the door, the truck door. Um, obviously, go, get, getting in the, uh, the, the, the taxi with the, with the car that was going out yeah. of control. And the, um, in the wardrobe, falling over the, also putting his foot in the mouse trap. Yeah. Um, Forgot about that one. I missed a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my nan, my, I can hear my nan roaring with laughter when he walks into the uh, truck door. Amazing. Yeah, um, and obviously, yeah. yeah, picking up the hot coal uh, toilet, toilet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah coals. Car. And then the cistern dropping on his head. Cistern dropping in and in and in being in the um, rubbish dump, getting a load of. Yeah. Yes. Qu yeah. Question seven. Again, not going to help your battery life. Can you name all the part-time paid jobs Victor held down once he had retired? Well, um, no, um, yeah, the well, there was the John Bird chauffeur, wasn't there? There was yeah. some window cleaner. Yeah. Um, God, what else did he do? Um, Lollipop Man. <laughs> Lollipop Man, as we mentioned. Um, if it's one that he, you don't see him do, but apparently he interviewed and was successful, was working with the Herald Office in a packing bench job. Yes, yes, that was one of the, uh, yeah. Um, and of course, um, I'm answering this for you now, obviously, commissioner, door attendant. Yes, yeah, yeah, throwing the wig down the drain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ama uh, what a, a, an amazing, poignant moment. 
big up to bits for that moment when he spots the disabled person across the road. Yeah. Stand up yeah. for his rights. Question eight. What channel is Skip Hoberman reporting on and whereabouts is he? Oh, I know he's in the Gorno-Karabakh, isn't he? In the something where yeah. <laughs> the ragtag army. I can't remember what the channel was that I made up. CN- um, CNS, which is very close to yes, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a potential battery killing episode. Mr. Foskett says he attempted suicide 13 times in the space of three years. Can you name the different ways he tried to kill himself? How many oh, times each? God, these are these are taxing questions. Um, no, I, no, I'm, <laughs> it was probably, I mean, probably, I mean, yeah, you, I could guess them, but I can't, I mean, I probably, um, did he stick his head in a gas oven? Was that one of them? He didn't um, say that, actually. He no, might... he didn't say, well, no, I'm just making them up. No, no of course. <laughs> Six overdoses, two two exhaust jobs, and three times he tried to jump off a roof. But that doesn't add up to 13 from my mathematical no, equation. No, but, well, he probably didn't mention them all. No, he, he was too busy verbal diarying everything he was Yeah, saying. well, he had to mention jump off a roof to set up the ultimate, of course. Now, this final question is a very important question, okay? This is quite the serious of them all. What does the excrement of a gazelle smell of? <laughs> I watched this not all that long ago, and... Um, How the bloody hell do you know this? Yes, I, and it's... yeah. The excrement of a it's, gazelle. It's something like um, sort of lemons or something, isn't it? It's not, did it begin with L? V. V? Yeah. <laughs> Close, not close enough. Va, va, va. Oh, um, no, you're gonna to have to remind me. Uh, violets, apparently. Violets, violets, violets yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, you do well to hear all that in that dialogue. Yeah. <clears throat> I can tell you what the um, <laughs> who made Electric Ladyland, which was Jeremy, uh, Jimi Hendrix, <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, yes, no, I um. You got me on quite a few of those. But you, you did very I, well, I, and, and there there's... are a couple there that I don't think I would ever have been able to even. I mean, some of them, if I'd had enough time, would have been. Able to... <laughs> oh, I do not believe. Will you look at this, bastards? Can you believe the nerve of this? A skin their ruddy heights for them. <laughs> One last thing is a Meldrew moan. Do you have something to get off your chest and to? whinge about to the audience well i given this some thought and <laughs> this thing has been keeping me awake at night uh, for some time now is the number of people on pointless which we watch every night while we're having our tea you keep telling you their names um they've already told you <laughs> once at the top of the show i don't know if you're even familiar with this then when their turn to answer comes around it's like now welcome to the show jim lovely to have you and tell us all about yourself jim well i'm jim Oh, God, yeah. Drives us up the wall. He's standing there with a big badge on his chest that says Jim, that we apparently haven't noticed. So last night, this this was happening for the umpteenth time. Yeah. The umpteenth time, I'm sitting there with my wife, Ellie, moaning away about it. Bugger me. We suddenly realised on the screen, Alexander Armstrong saying the exact same thing to Richard Osborne. Have you noticed with contestants, when I ask them to tell me about themselves, they tell me something they already know. I just said, tell us about yourself, Jason. Well, I'm Jason. (laughs) <laughs> even though he's got a badge there with Jason on it, so we thought, yes, it's that is a legit even to, even to the presenter. That's a legit. So just argument. when we thought we were the only people in the world who found this irritating, that's a valid moan. Well, I think that concludes a wonderful interview. Um, you made it nice and easy, and, and thank you so much for um, your time. And uh, if only usually I, I say 
to the audience if you want to get in touch with so and so their twitter handle is or their facebook is but of course you're not yes. on there you're no, um, no. and quite i think that's probably the right decision to be honest with you but <laughs> but I'd, I'd welcome you back on any any time well we've gone through quite a, a lot but I think when people listen to this back, they'll want you on again, but I wouldn't dare take up more of your time anytime soon. Perhaps another. No, no, no. It's, it's um, <clears throat> I'm, you know, a little bit aware of the, um, of the battery conking out any minute, but um, I probably didn't have a hundred percent at the, at, at the top. Um, but um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, Tom. And just, you know, put, go away for a few weeks. And, you know, if you've got other things that crop up or people ring, you know, don't be afraid, get back in touch, drop me an email. Oh, and maybe we'll set up another one with uh, you know exploring different ground would would love it and um yes yes please so david thank you very much for your time um, no thank you you must be getting tired now you i admire your stamina but then you've got a few years on me so uh... <clears throat> barely but no it, it's uh, i'm i finished work early because i was just too excited to be speaking to yourself <laughs> Yeah, but, stop it stop it it's been very you know because once i get you know there's so much there's such a fun there of um you know of stuff to talk about um it's just <clears throat> in the end you know the you get yeah. it's just the sheer physicality of uh how long you're you're talking, it's like, like a very long phone calls you do get your well, ear I, gets i appreciate of, it so, well, but um and also you know uh, mostly the battery just drink which is going to probably pop at any minute so yeah. um that's okay so it's um, been a pleasure tom thank you um, yeah uh, drop just drop me a line when you you know when you're thinking of a uh, you know maybe something else in the future and we'll sort I'll something not. out it's amazing yeah thank you and, and uh hope to speak to you soon and enjoy the, the the summer holidays okay you too it's been a pleasure tom thanks very much cheers